So, welcome to another episode of Let Me See This. I am your host, Mr. Tony Christian Walker, and today I am, again, practicing physical distancing, and so I'm in the studio by myself, and I am going to be interviewing someone later on in the podcast who actually has survived COVID-19. Um, just keep in mind that his, 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 his story is a little different than a lot of people. He actually survived it. His symptoms weren't that uh, extreme, but I think it's important for people to understand what the um, the onset of this looks like. But before I go into that, I want to talk to y'all for a second. Right now, more than ever, it is important for us to um, to protect each other. Um, and what do you mean, Tony? Protecting each other? You know, Birmingham just not Birmingham, but Alabama just uh, is going to institute a twenty four hour stay at home order that starts tomorrow. Kay Ivy finally decided to get off her drunk ass and do something. But um, people shouldn't have to tell you or the government shouldn't have to make you, like, take care of yourself. And I'm really kind of concerned about some of the thought processes that we are having. I see people joking about it. And I don't mind joking about things that are dark. But sometimes I wonder if they're joking or if they're serious. Like, I saw someone say, uh, you know, in New Orleans, like, are y'all taking this seriously now since – it's starting to affect people that you know. And somebody was like, no. And this shit is serious. Like, it's really, really serious. And I want everybody to um, to, to take this seriously. So before I interview Andy, I wanted to talk a little bit about some things that we can all do to make sure that we are safe and we're doing what we need to do to protect other people. This might be kind of boring and you might just want to fast forward through this, but I hope you listen to it. First and foremost, if you don't have to go outside, don't go. It's just that simple. Like, if you don't have to go outside for anything or leave your home, don't go. Each and every time that you go walk outside of your door, you are putting yourself at risk. And if you are infected or don't know it, you're putting other people at risk. And I'm saying that not lightly because I go outside every day and I know the chances that I'm taking. But I'm doing it not because I want to go down to, you know, pick up some frivolous bullshit someplace. But I'm usually taking something to some people, maybe medications food, you know, things like that people need. And I think it's important for people to understand that. I'm going to put a link in this uh, in this description that talks about these, these wonderful volunteers from around the country who are making cotton masks for people. Um, and I, I talked about that this morning, and I got a couple of responses to it. And some of the people who responded don't work in the medical field. Stay at home. You don't need a mask if you stay at home. You don't need PPP or personal protective equipment if you stay at home. Stay at home. Um, and I know that sounds boring. I know this is, like, weird. So th- just stay at home. You won't need it. If you have to go out, that's one thing. And, and some of those people may need to go to the grocery store, and I give you that. But we really need to make sure that all of our resources are being marshaled toward the people who are on the front lines, our doctors, our nurses, our respiratory therapists, you know, People who work at the hospital, I don't know why that's so hard for people to understand, but that's who need those those items. So if you work in the healthcare profession, there will be a link in the uh, description that um, will, you know, guide you to a website where you can actually order these cotton masks that these wonderful people are making, and uh, they're actually making them free for people who who need them who work in the medical field. That's thing one. Thing two. Please stop sharing things that you have not verified. Um, 
our state is instituting a 24-hour pretty much lockdown. This is not martial law. Um, and, you know, the first problem I had with martial law is mostly I don't know how to spell it. Um, but martial law comes from a military type of uh, ordinance in which we literally throw out the Constitution and the comp- country is pretty much run by the military. That's what martial law means. It does not mean that governors or presidents or mayors and that in the stay-at-home rules. Uh, and again, no one should have to tell you to do this, folks. Like, no one should have to tell you to protect yourself. And I don't know what's going on with us in America, but this has been a problem for a while. Like, even in the work that I do on a day-to-day basis, we should not have to give you $10 to take a day on HIV test. You should want to take it because you want to make sure you don't have HIV. No one should be doing that. But you know what? We incentivize people to do that. And, you know, that's that's the way that this business works. But no one should have to tell you to take care of yourself. And you shouldn't be rewarded just for doing the bare minimums of taking care of yourself. Like, I don't I don't get that. Also, if you live in Alabama or Birmingham in particular, I'm also going to have a number that you can call. If you think you may have been exposed to COVID-19 or the coronavirus to call so you can make an appointment to get an HIV, uh, HIV test, oh my God, uh, a COVID-19 test to see if you have been impacted. Um, y'all, the, the impact of this disease ranges from people who are very minimally affected to people who are dying. I mean, that's the range. We literally go from shit to Shinola. So, I mean, just kind of thinking about that, we there's talk of a rapid test. Uh, we don't know how effective that is because the last thing that you want is a false negative and thinking that you're negative and you're not. Uh, these masks that people are providing for you do not provide protection for you. They're more or less for protection from you, from other people who may come in contact with the air that you breathe, the moisture that you excrete, and, and things like that. Y'all, we're going to be in this for a while. Um, we're going to be in this for a while. Uh, and things are not normal right now. If you happen to die right now, you're going to die a very lonely death. You're going to die in a, halt- in a hospital room. Hopefully with some nurses and doctors by your side, but your family will not be there because they're not allowing people in. So stay at home. I I, I, I don't know how else to, to explain this to you. You have to stay at home. Um, we don't want people putting them, their lives in danger. Um, also, like even in, in Florida, um, Governor DeSantis has pretty much overridden a lot of the local mayor's um ordinances about people gathering on more than 10 people, more than two people, depending on what the city is for church service. Let me tell you something. I came back to the church about two years ago. Uh, I understand church probably better than most people do at this point in my life. I have a wonderful teacher, my friend, my brother, my teacher, Reverend Dr. David Barnhart Jr. um, has taught me a lot. He's opened my eyes to a lot. Uh, and there's some things that people are not thinking about. If you think about what the Bible says, the Bible says that not only should you obey God's law, but you should always also obey man's law. That was pointed out to us and when they were even talking about tithes and taxes. You know, give Caesar what's his. So just because you go to church, that doesn't mean that the laws of the land don't apply to you or that just because of your religious preference that you should be able to skirt those laws. This is putting people in danger. And I'm also going to say this. If you are one of those church people who uh, feel like your faith is going to uh, protect you from the COVID-19 virus, you're a damn fool. And I, and I hate saying this, but I'm not going to feel sorry when you die from COVID-19. I'm just not. 
This is a serious disease. This is something that's going on right now that we need to figure out how to stop and how to keep people safe. And if your pastors are stupid enough, stupid enough to guilt y'all into coming into church, you're a part of a cult and they only care about your money. That's, I mean, that's it in a nutshell. Uh, there are a lot of different ways for people to have church services. We've been having church services online before they even told us that that's what we should do because I, my pastor is smart. Um, funerals will probably be online. There are going to be a lot of things that are going to be different uh, for the for the foreseeable future. And I, I, we don't like it. I don't like it. But you know what? We got to be okay with that. Yeah, that's my rant for now. I'm trying to be calm about this. Uh, but, y'all, protect yourself, please. So what I'm going to do now, I'm going to go into a break. And then when we come back, we're going to have Andy from uh, UAB talking about his experiences with the COVID-19 virus. And we'll talk to you in a minute. Peace. Do you have an active sex life? PrEP is a once-a-day pill that prevents HIV and is now available at the Livewell PrEP Clinic on the south side of the hub. PrEP is safe for men and women who have active sex lives and want to decrease their chances of contracting HIV. For more information about PrEP and the Livewell PrEP Clinic, call 205-324-9822 or go to www.gcpm.com and click on appointments. Or if you just need to get tested, call us. So welcome back to Let Me Say This. Um, thank y'all for listening. Uh, if you like what you're listening to, please share, like, and make reviews for this. Um, so today I have one of my colleagues who um, fights side by side with me in the battle against HIV. I do prevention and he does uh, research. So um, I'm going to bring on the mic uh, my good friend and colleague, Mr. Andy Yusuf. Andy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Great, great. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Well, listen, uh, you have a wealth of information. I want people to kind of know about what's going on. So if you will, tell them a little bit about who you are, if you want to do what you what you do, and then we'll go from there. Sure. So I'm a community educator and recruiter for uh, HIV prevention research studies at the Alabama Vaccine Research Clinic at UAB. I'm also doing a master's uh degree in education for community health and human services and um, yeah just do a bunch of educational and outreach events around Birmingham and Jefferson County and I'm honored to be helping out in the fight against HIV well now you got another fight that you're fighting so uh so so about a couple about maybe two weeks ago you made a Facebook post saying that you had tested positive for the COVID nineteen virus. Tell me, tell me what, tell me your your early symptoms. Like, what when do you think you contracted it, and what led you to be tested? So, uh, I got tested the eighteenth of March, which is a Wednesday. But I first started showing symptoms that Sunday, the fifteenth. I was called. Uh, I got exposed to it sometime doing work the previous week i believe it might have been friday the 13th even ironic as it is (laughs) right what a day what a day (laughs) right so i uh, tried to get tested um, tuesday the 17th of course they were backed up so i had to wait till wednesday but as far as symptoms go the first ones that popped up were a dry cough and um wet um, runny nose, uh, just your basic cold-like symptoms. 
Right, right. Or allergy yeah, symptoms because we're in the middle of this pollen epidemic as well. Exactly. And I have allergies too, so I was just not thinking anything of it. And then when I found out that someone close to me at work got tested and came back positive, I was like, okay, I'm showing symptoms and I was exposed, so I probably need to go get tested. Right, right. Let me let me ask you something. So so, and this we don't know again. This is almost like doing like a disease intervention with HIV. Like we not we're not sure how or who exposed you, but if you think about the person who you think you may have contracted it from, what was the like contact like? Like, do you think they may have touched you accidentally? You know, sneezed in your direction, uh, just was in the room. Like, what do you think your level of exposure was? And this is just hypothetical because we don't know. Um. The person who I got it from, we didn't really touch each other directly. We had exchanged papers mm-hmm. while conducting a meeting. So that's what I think may have led to the infection, was touching a contaminated paper. Right. But again, you know, we don't know. But that's I just want to know, like, the level right. of... Like, if it was... Like, you say you worked in a, in a call center and you worked in a cubicle, like... 13 feet away from the other person that got it, you know, you know, you don't test that person. Like I was trying to see exactly like how contagious it could be, because we have heard recently that it can be, um, it's more contagious than we thought. Cause at first people thought that you couldn't uh, contact it unless you had contracted, unless you had symptoms. So were there any visible symptoms that you noticed from the person who you may have contracted it from? No, not at all. So that goes there. What research is going now is you can, still give it to people without showing symptoms. Right, right, right. And we kind of like always known that, you know, there's so much about this that we don't know, but I was just wondering, you know, like what your contact was. So, so you think you may have been exposed around the 13th. Uh, you said like Monday or Tuesday, you start having symptoms. Um, what was, what was, what was, what was the worst level that you got from it? So I did develop a fever of 101 on Tuesday night and Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the symptoms seemed to get worse at night mm-hmm. than during the day. But yeah, I had a fever, a severe headache, wet, and chills, like all within the same hour. Wow. Yeah. Um, what about the, the, the coughing? Did it get any worse or... It stayed about the same, to be honest, the dry cough um, I did develop shortness of breath too, but right. that never did get worse either. Okay, I was uh, I was listening to uh, NPR a little while ago, and they were talking about the people who they were really spotlighting New Orleans, and they said of oh, the people who have died in New Orleans, either forty or sixty percent of them were overweight. The other part was diabetes and. Uh, cardiac issues and they said that that's just from the people that they know have have died are there any other type of um of things that people should be looking out for like 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 i'm hiv positive i'm asthmatic and i'm old as shit like i'm (laughs) i'm 53 years old so like i thought i was checking the boxes and i'm slightly overweight you know uh i don't have diabetes although my a1c was a little high uh and i don't know of any cardiac issues so you know 
I'm you. I, I don't know. I'm like a mixed bag of fuckery when it comes to this because <laughs> because you know I'm also a cancer survivor. So you know my immune system has been compromised, and I'm wondering, you know, what other you know things have you heard that people should be looking out for when it comes to this with a comorbidity? Yeah, so uh, you've hit on a lot of them. Uh, definitely someone who's overweight has any pre-existing health condition, a diabetes, uh, heart disease, high blood pressure, um, asthma is a big one. Anyone over the age of 60 to, and anyone with uh, lung problems, pulmonary disease, uh, COPD, um, anyone with cancer, um, HIV infection, um, anyone with a compromised immune system who would be more at risk. Right, 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 right. So let me, so let me, let me ask you this: What did they? How did they treat you? And did, were you hospitalized? I was not hospitalized, thankfully. Um, so really, the only treatment I received was an inhaler for the shortness of breath. What did they give you for that? And just an albuterol inhaler. I did take ibuprofen to incense to help with the fever as well. But other than that, my doctor called me every day to check on me because if my symptoms were going to get worse, he was going to go ahead and um, either have me go to the ER or try to prescribe some kind of antiretroviral, even if it's not approved for treatment. Right. He thought maybe using the remdesivir which is what we're studying now at UAB. He thought maybe that might help since it's been used in other places. So let me ask you this: So with the rendesivir, is that something that that you would take as a like as a uh, pre-exposure prophylaxis, or would it be something as a treatment for for this virus? It would be used as a treatment. Um, as far as I know, they're not looking for any uh, pre-exposure prophylaxis right now for. COVID, I think that would come after they did um, more research on remdesivir. Right, right, right. And and the reason the reason why I'm asking that is because you know we've 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 done they've done a lot of research in a short amount of time with this particular virus. And, you know, us in the in the HIV world, uh, you know, I'm not like you, like with the master's degrees and all that other stuff. You know, I'm a little country boy from Dolomite, Alabama, but. Uh, you know, working in this field, I learned a lot about the life cycle of viruses and how they work. And like, even when it comes to like prep for HIV exposure, you know, prep interrupts the life cycle of the HIV right. virus. And I'm and most viruses, and this is the RNA virus as well. So like, those viruses replicate in the same way. And I'm wondering, has there been any anecdotal um, uh, research or any any findings on people who were maybe HIV positive who were well-maintained and maybe there's some mechanism within this virus that may be uh, susceptible to the, the anti-life mechanisms in PrEP. Have you heard anything about that? So as far as I know, I haven't yet, but that would be very interesting research to look into. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Let me ask you this. I know in, what, what, classification, what, what classification of drug is remdesivir? Like, is the uh, nuke, non-nuke? Is what, which one is it? Do you know? Um, let me think for a second. Integrase inhibitor. I think it might be integrase inhibitor. 
Yeah, it, I, it would just be interesting to find out, you know, if that drug is effective, what classification of drug that is, and hopefully would give a little bit more protection to people who are already taking those type of drugs. Almost as a pre-exposure pre prophylaxis that you don't really know you really have or need at that point. Right. Yeah, I know that's a little far-fetched, but I just had to ask. <laughs> So tell me, right. so so tell me what you're doing now. So you you you've 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 been infected. You've been diagnosed. You're you're on the you're you're at you you've recovered. Now I'm, I was gonna say you're on the road to recovery, but you've actually recovered. So tell me what yeah. what that feeling is like right now. Um, I feel good. I have a lot more energy before. I had fatigue as one of the symptoms. Right. And um, as soon as I felt like no fatigue i knew i was on the road to recovery for sure but now i'm feeling good i'm working from home even though i'm over it right i'm still practicing the social distancing and not leaving my house unless i absolutely need to as well as you should because we need we need you around <laughs> to help in this fight so so right let me ask you this have the doctors i know like again the problem with this virus is the fact it's so freaking new so like there have been uh people who said that you may have some uh resistance to it now i've seen some reports said that there that you may not have resistance have anybody has anybody talked to you about what that looks like and then i also know that you were trying to do you're helping with some research too if you if you could talk about that i would love to hear about that as well Sure. So the research I'm helping with is actually going to look at the antibodies in my blood to see if they are like effective at helping me get reinfected. Like, right, right. If I have any immunity, that's one of the reasons they're using my blood. Another reason is to look for an antibody test to to see if someone maybe got in, uh, maybe if someone got exposed and infected and got over it that we can see if they have antibodies in their body still. Yeah, and that and that will serve two purposes. One, it will give us a better uh idea of what the um the 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 prevalence and the the mortality rate if we've had people who've had it who hadn't died because right now the mortality the mortality rate looks scary as hell. Um and yeah. also, you know, if those people had had it and they don't get infected again, that would be an indication that they have maybe built up some type of immunity to it too. So, I mean, they, you, right. you have that. Yeah, that's what they're looking at now with my blood. I would like to think I have immunity, but I, I hope really so. don't. I hope so, man. That's That sounds so scary. And, and you know, I, I know... I know you were, um, you know, upset and, and, and afraid of that, but I was actually glad when you made that post because you know we have to we have to like control, confront our, our our dragons, and you know I think the the best thing is having a, a positive mindset, and you know and just hoping and wow. like, praying that everything ha happens okay. But I love the way that you went into that because when I saw, it, I'm like, damn, not Andy. Yeah, a lot of people are like that, and I was just like, no matter how nice or how good someone is, the virus doesn't care. <laughs> I mean, it it doesn't see <laughs> personal traits. Right, right. It, it, <laughs> but it, no, I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to post about it on Facebook just to show how close to home it can be, especially for my family and friends. 
Yeah, because people aren't really taking this seriously right now. I um I did a video this morning. You probably saw it. I, I got a little emotional because I had a cousin who passed away yesterday, and I'm not sure what she passed away from, but I knew she was a cancer survivor, and I know she had gotten sick last week, and they took her to the hospital. But in Michigan, they're like another one of those ground zero type points. So, you know, I was really kind of curious as to what happened. Did she take a natural dive, or maybe somebody else needed – a ventilator or something she may have been using more than they thought that she would benefit from because we're going to go into those like post-apocalyptic type <laughs> thought processes pretty soon if we don't get a handle on this and it's and it's really scary yeah. but people need to stay at home like i don't know how else to tell you that. i did a video this morning and i actually was talking about these masks that on my friends um, my pastor's wife angela barnhart made and people were inboxing me about how can they get masks and these people were not people who worked in in the medical field. And I just wanted to yeah. tell them, stay your ass at home and you won't need one. Like, don't exactly. think this mask is going to afford you any type of extra protection from this virus. If you don't, if you you don't have to go anywhere. No one's working, <laughs> except for these poor fast food <laughs> workers that we've been dogging out for centuries. But, like, no one is right. really working. Unless you needed to go back and forth to work. You know, stay at home. Like, there's no point in taking chances. And I say that as someone who takes chances every day by doing my work. But I, I, I have to do that. And I'm not. And I want people to know I'm not doing this as some type of martyr. I do not have a death wish. I got some kids and some grandkids I need to be here for. But just because COVID nineteen entered the scene didn't mean that everything else took a backseat. Homeless is still a problem. HIV is still a problem. Everything else is still a problem. Um, what advice would you give people? I honestly uh, look to the medical experts uh, with our current political climate. I would say definitely trust the subject matter experts over the politicians. They're not the ones who have subject uh, knowledge about viruses, infections, uh, and stuff. And right now, since we don't have a vaccine, right. the only way to protect our community is to take ourselves out of the equation. Right, right, right. Therefore, practicing social distancing. So, yeah, like you said, stay your ass at home. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, man, I, um, so I told you I have asthma and I have allergies really, really bad. So this is, this is just me being paranoid as shit. Let me tell you what I'm, I'm doing. So, like, Whenever my asthma flares up, like, I don't immediately take my inhaler because I don't have asthma like that. I'll, like, ride with it for a minute, and then I'll take it and see if it if it cures it. If it cures it, I'm like, whew, okay, I ain't got COVID right now, but who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And even with my allergy medicine, like, I got to take my Flonase in a minute because my nasal passages are kind of burning. I know it's because I've been outside, but still, I want to take my regular medicines to see if it helps to kind of, like, ease my mind. Like everybody else, I should probably stay my ass at home. <laughs> but you yeah, know, my, my, my work, <laughs> my work is such that I, I can't, and 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 I don't. And I feel like if I put my my staff at risk, I need to be out there with them. But we're all practicing social distancing, and and those type of things. Let me ask you this: Is there anything else that you want to say to anyone else before we before we before we finish this? Um, let's see. I guess um, if you do come in contact with someone who has it and you start showing symptoms, please go get tested. And know that you're not alone if you are infected. Um, it won't change who you are as a person. You'll get through it if you catch your symptoms and not try to um, 
treat them on your own, especially if they do get serious. If they do go to the ER, uh, call them ahead of time and tell them you might have COVID or you have it so that they can prepare. Right, right. Well, man, listen, thank you so much for, you know, sharing your story with my audience. Uh, thank you for being who you are and thank you for the work that you've done. I'm so, I'm, I'm really glad you're okay. Um, it gives me hope. Uh, thank you, Tony. <laughs> I think we'll all, um, uh, we'll be fine. We just need to practice our social distancing more seriously. Um, right. And, uh, try to flatten the curve. I know we hear that a lot, but it's true. Right. Right. Man, listen, yeah. I appreciate your time. And, um, and you know, if you got any other updates, feel free to give me a call. We're going to check in on you in a couple of weeks just to make sure everything is okay. But uh, I personally want to thank you for doing this for me. Uh, thank you for having me, Tony. Uh, Any time, seriously. <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. I appreciate you and everything you do. Thank you. I try. <laughs> <laughs>